This is the Car Dealer Podcast driven by CarGurus. You want the best return for your advertising budgets and CarGurus Piston Heads are focused on the same goal. With them, you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites. Connect with in-market high-quality buyers today and turbocharge your digital forecourt. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and tell them we sent you. Welcome back to the Car Dealer Podcast. If you haven't listened before, we pick our favourite stories of the week and ask a guest to choose whose stories were best. I'm Rebecca Chaplin and I am stepping into the shoes of John Ray whilst he's off exploring Japan. And joining me today is James Batchelor to do the stories. How are you, Batch? Uh, I'm very well. Thank you, Becca. This is a nice treat, isn't it? You and I doing this. I, we haven't done this for, for so, so long. No, I think we always end up on quite long rants is possibly why. Yes, yes. I have been told I've got to keep my answers short because I do tend to ramble. But you, could, but I think it's great that you and I are doing this this week because it was a totally different presenter lineup last week. And so you can't say we're not giving the viewer or the listener, I should say, value for money. Perfect. So. Straight in with a ramble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't do as good introductions as well as John Ray, so apologies in advance. Um, this week, our guest is Will Lee Kemp from Auto Sportiva. His dealership sells luxury cars from site in Tombridge. Welcome, Will. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about your business for those who might not have heard of you before? Like, how long have you been running? How things are going? Yeah, so we started in 2007. Um, <clears throat> from a site in Tunbridge Wells, which is just up the road from us now. And we've actually moved a few times in between. So yeah, we started in 2007 from just a full court with about 20 cars maybe, um, kind of lower range than what we're doing now. The average is probably about 15 to 20 grand. We then moved from there to um, Seven Oaks, where I moved to slightly a bigger site. We could hold about 50 cars. Um, same sort of value, but sort of bigger, bigger premises. We then moved again, in Seven Oaks, where I then opened two sites actually. So one was a bigger site, which had probably 75 cars now. And the other one was like a, a very small plot, but all I sold on it was just minis. So literally it was like a mini site. So I had pacemans and clubmans and countrymans and, and all that on it. Um, <clears throat> which actually did quite well, but then when we left there, I had enough of keep moving. So we actually bought a site over in Tubridge about two and a half years ago now, and this is where we've we've been since. So, um, yeah, hopefully this will be the last kind of the move because they're pretty stressful. Why do you <laughs> just sell minis for a bit? So the big side we had, like I said, if you get about 75 cars, that was kind of what I called the sports prestige kind of side. So we similar to what we did now, probably slightly lower value, but then the smaller side, you could only get about 20 cars on it. Because if you put bigger cars on, you probably got 15. And oh, I just kind of thought in Seven Oaks, a lot of people quite liked like a small little runabout, like a station car or a, a car just to nip to the shops in. So I kind of thought, well, who doesn't really like a mini for a small car? They're well made, they're well built, hopefully reliable. And so, yeah, so we just literally just put 20 minis on it. And we kind of found a bit of a niche as to what ones worked and what didn't. Um, and yeah, that was it really. But then I said that one closed when we then moved over to the site we're on now. I like that. It's very um, 
what's the word pragmatic isn't it to go i'm going to sell smaller cars because i can get more on yeah and i just thought in terms i didn't want to in seven oaks i didn't think having micros or i don't know whatever yeah. wouldn't have worked i just thought if you drove past and you just saw 20 minis on one side if you kind of wanted a mini you you knew where you'd come mm. we we are both mini people so yeah there you go <laughs> yeah to our sins we are yes <laughs> they're good little cars for someone who wants a bit more quality in a car and still wants it to look because they've got a bit of you know they have got a following haven't they so they kind mm. of work what sort of stuff have you got in stock at the moment then in the more luxury yeah so now since we've been here i then kind of i looked at various parts of the market and your favorite subjects kazoo and people like that and i kind of thought I don't, I don't want to play in a certain area with Kazoo and Cinch and Kazam all the time. So I thought I've got to go well above this, this level of bias, we call it. So that's why then we then made the decision to go to kind of like an average car, let's call it price for about 50 grand and upwards, just to move well away from that kind of, uh, that kind of uh, customer. So at the minute, we've got quite a few bits because obviously the summer's kind of on its way. So we've got the McLaren, we've got the Maserati, we've got uh, a new set M4, Bentley GT, uh, all sorts, all the way down to loads and loads of Range Rovers. We do very, very well with Range Rovers. So we've probably got 25 Range Rover Sports, about 15 Velars. Um, we've probably got uh, five or six Volvo XC90s. Um, anything I tend to buy a lot of the same cars when I kind of find a, a thing I find does quite well I'm quite impulsive I then go and buy five of them in one go because I kind of think you know so we've sold that quick so I feel in the Range Rover market we've kind of got to a teeth we kind of know what people want we know color combinations we know specs we know now everyone wants the P400s hybrids you know so we kind of we've worked it out as we've gone yeah and where do you tend to source your your cars from so predominantly auctions still, but a lot now from motorway. So I watched your thing the other day on motorway. Um, you know, so we do buy a lot from them now. Uh, and we do buy a fair bit privately as well. We have some adverts on Instagram and on Facebook. So yeah, we do buy a fair bit of privately as well. Um, we just don't take in, everyone will probably tell you that we don't take in enough park exchanges anymore. Mm. Just don't take in the quality of park exchange. So we can take in load of our rubbish all the time but it doesn't suit what we sell we've yeah. had four years 40,000 miles so we just don't take it in so yeah it's predominantly auction motorway and private so uh, so judging by what you've just said there are a lot of your customers who have got a pass exchange are they trading up to their dream car then they haven't got something that's equivalent to a mclaren or a jaguar f-type or something yeah, well, we don't have a lot of McLarens. We have, we have one, you know, at the minute we have one variety. Our, our normal car is a lot, lot lower than that. So our normal car is a Range Rover Sport, let's call yeah. it, or a Velar or something like that. Um, so, yeah, so let's just say one of them is kind of 50 grand. I would say from them, then we're probably, on average, taking in a part exchange that's probably got a value of 10 to 15-ish, yeah. you know. Right. So that just kind of then doesn't really sit far kind of mantra, whatever you call it. So, yeah, so I don't find we... we talk, if it's a nice low mileage car, we might have a go with it. Otherwise, we've just got traders around here who will then just come and buy them off us. Yeah. Mm. It's a shame because, you know, a good part exchange a few years ago, you could run with quite easily, whereas now 
I don't want something that's done 90,000 miles or uh, 10 years old. It's just, it's just too old for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, it you know you, you've worked out what works for you though, haven't you? Mm. So, and with some dealers, they they take in every single part exchange and they sell every single part exchange, whereas other dealers do it differently. And you're one of those. So, as yeah. long as it works for you, it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, it, it's more the it's more the headache because it's the, the 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 rucker you might get a month later who's calling up moaning because they bought a ten year old car with a hundred thousand miles on it, and you know something's not working on it that's what we do we don't we just can't be dealing with mm -hmm. so um yeah that's why i said we try and stick to four years forty thousand miles as a month as a max interesting mm. i like this i think this is going to be a good podcast because i feel like you're very analytical very black and white uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very i'm very black and white i wouldn't say i'm the most analytical i kind of i'm going to say we wing it but there is a <laughs> there, there is a process but it's not uh, yeah, a little bit of analytics, a, a fair bit of um, gut, should we call it? I like it, I like it. Okay, so let me explain how the car dealer quiz works. Batch and I have both chosen our five favourite stories that appeared on Car Dealer this week, and we don't know what each other have chosen. We're going to take it in turns to reveal our stories and have a chat about each, and at the end, our judge Will has the final say on who is the winner. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure you leave us a review wherever you are listening. I lost last time I was on, I'm pretty sure, I'm sort of assuming. So I'm going to hand over to Batch for the first story. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, well, I, I, I hate to hate to be kind of traditional here, but I'd like to start off with the used car prices. Um, Autotrader have come out with their latest report. They say that the, the average retail price of a used car stood at £18,119 in, in January, which was up 0.2% on December. And of course, this just adds weight to our uh, story earlier in the month from CapHPI, who said that trade values were up 0.1% in January. Interestingly, CapHPI told us that that figure would have been even higher if it weren't for the plummeting values of used electric cars. Um, so it does seem as though January started off incredi incredibly well. Um, I think there are quite a lot of uh, feelings within the industry that January was going to be a little bit of a slow month, but that hasn't really materialised. So, um, but before I come to you, Will, and ask how January has been for you, um, uh, the top 10 used cars, this is Autotrader's data, the top 10 used cars that rose the most in price in December, quite a few things on there which aren't of a surprise, a lot of MPVs, your usual kind of cars, but it was the number one, the car that sat in number one with prices up by 20.4% really surprised me. And I was just going to ask Will, what do you think? Of course, all of this falls down if you've read the story. And of course, if you are an average reader of Car Dealer, you will would have read this story, but just flatter me here. Um, what do you think is the car that rose the most value in um, in January? Do you know what? I think I don't. It, I could be wrong here. Was it the S class? It was the S class. Yes. Thank yes. You. Well done. Well done. It's great competition yeah. that. Um, I mean, that, that car has been on, on the rise for a while now. Yes. Yeah. I just, it was just a real surprise because in the top 10, you've got really quite, you know, 
mundane, you know, comparatively mundane stuff. Hyundai i10, Toyota Avensis, for heaven's sake, um, Renault Scenic, and then you've got the S-Class, which, um, I mean, but traditionally, though, that car is always, there's always a customer for an S-Class, isn't there, Will? Yeah, no, if I'm honest, we're good news. We've just taken one in in Park Exchange, actually, that's got a, um electric blue glitter sparkle wrap. My goodness me. Yeah. If you saw this car at night, it looks like, you know, it's, it's mad. It, it, it's so, um, so bright. But um, uh, we're going to get the wrap off it. We're giving it a week to see how we go with it. If it doesn't work, we're just going to take it off. But um, anyway, yeah, I mean, if I'm honest with you, we think they're good news because brand new, you go to Mercedes, you're probably looking at over 100 grand mm. for a, a nice one, list price, let's call it. I think we, the one we've got to 20 plate done 12, it's up for 55 grand. So yeah. I think that's probably the reason why, because the new price is so new, so high, you can't get a new one. Yeah. And if you do, you're going to basically pay the full up price. So therefore, the, the second hand just gets dragged up with it. Yeah, yeah. And they're so popular with private hire companies. You yeah. know, it, it's, just, it's just a really well-sorted car that uh, there's always a customer for. Yeah, no, I agree. I think as well, if you put that into a Bentley or a, a Rolls Royce, when essentially, if you want to be driven around in one, they do the same job, but at a quarter of the price. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that was the first story that caught my eye this week. Um, not a huge surprise, but used car values are up because there seems to be quite a lot of demand out there at the moment. Mm. I've just been, I've had to have a look at this um, wrapped car on your website. <laughs> it's um it's quite bright it's isn't it at night yeah honestly at night it's really something special okay the I'll... light catches it it just it um have you ever seen like the what's not the empire state the eiffel tower in france yeah. at night when they, when they put the lights on it looks a bit like that <laughs> it's just like other cars crashed on the side yeah, of the road yeah i don't think it will sell like it is but it's been done so oh. well and someone spent so much doing it we thought we'll give it a try well, oh yeah. my goodness yeah, for everything. I think I think that I think that's fabulous actually. You said you either love it or hate it. Um I don't yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I just think it's I just think it's nice to see one not in black personally. Yeah, but it, it, it is black the car underneath. Yeah. But also the reason we think about leaving, I don't think that the validators will like me too much if I ask them to take that off because de wrapping a car properly is not a nice job and you never know what's underneath. No. But somebody spent a lot of money on that, though, haven't they? You can tell. Yeah, yeah. There we are, then. Yes. That 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 kind of thing doesn't work well on the podcast because nobody can see what we're talking about. So <laughs> <we> <laughs> go over to the auto sport. Yeah. Go to the website, then. This could get us more hits. Exactly. If you get an influx of people going to the website, could be could be because of us. By the time this goes out, it might be black though. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, I'm going to go for my story, which is when you said we're going to keep with form, I thought you were going to do this. Um, it is, of course, Kazoo. Oh. Hoping to avoid. Um, oh. This week, they have told all of their subs car subscription customers that their deals are going to be ended early. They've been told that they're going to be terminating their contracts within 90 days. So this has been going, I'd say, mad on Facebook. I keep getting notifications constantly haven't had one now but um i think there's over 100 comments from different people with um you can assume some of their um their views some of them actually quite different and interesting but 
And the thing I think about this is I cannot understand why. And maybe maybe this part of the business is not as strong. This was obviously Drover before, which was a good business, lots of people working there. I kind of understand why they are cutting out all of the bits of the business that did work to save this bit in the middle, the used car business that does not seem to work. Um, I cannot understand turning around to customers who are paying money to you and saying your contract is coming to an end unless they can't. I mean, surely you would go in first with, sorry, your price is going up. If you're not mm. happy with that, we're going to be, you can terminate your contract. You wouldn't go. We don't want your money anymore. Um, but yeah, more bizarre news. What do you think, Will? Do you know what? I did, I did see the story. I don't know a huge amount about it, but in, in my opinion, something's going on at Zoo, Kazoo, sorry, more now. There's something more behind this. I don't know if it's now just a, a rolling, phasing down the whole company. I don't know. But it just seems to me, like you said, it's bizarre as to why you would, somebody's bringing you a, a revenue, why you would stop it. And um, as you said, that obviously the, the business itself seems to be struggling in a time when, you know, the industry is probably at, the last two years at an all-time high really isn't it so um i don't know I, I get the feeling something's going on behind the scenes there that we'll probably all find out about in the next few months i hope so because that's the, the thing i know we talk about this time and time again on the podcast but the thing that i just continually find amazing about kazoo is that despite all of these negative headlines fundamentally they've got a great brand i mean they've i know that's that's due to they've spent plenty of money on marketing but virtually everybody knows about kazoo and yet um they just can't make it work can they and you're absolutely right becca about you know why are they why are they turning off an area of the business which which appears to be profitable and i just i just think it's again it's just an appalling way of, of just treating customers isn't it i and i know subscription customers you know one of the reasons why car subscriptions the prices of them are so high because you're paying for that flexibility so you know you're able to get out of these deals very quickly far quicker than you would in a lease or a pcp or what have you but the way they can just send a customer an email and say we need your car back within three months and oh by the way here's a 250 pound voucher is a bit of a sorry as a bit of an apology I just think it's just appalling so it's just yet more customers uh, of being treated badly by, by kazoo and it just seems to be a never-ending bad story or bad smell around kazoo does it so another week another kazoo headline do you guys ever hear do you guys ever hear from customers uh any kind of feedback from customers who have bought cars from kazoo occasionally I would say how do they say that how do they say it was um I mean Jack one of our staff actually bought a car from them and yeah it was fantastic they just like threw the kitchen sink when I say threw the kitchen sink he got all the merchandising in the world from them right. um, bottles and stuff which I can I think if you're buying a car from them maybe that impresses you in some way that you're getting all these freebies but yeah I think it worked pretty seamlessly for him yeah, I mean, I haven't heard anything recently, but in the early days of Kazoo, you know, like a couple of years ago, you'd hear that that a customer would buy a car, and even if there was something wrong, Kazoo would bend over backwards mm -hmm. and throw money at the customer as just like money, no object. We're going to get this fixed, and you can have this, and you can have that as an apology. Mm -hmm. So I think I I do think for the general customer, I think um, 
the, the, the it, people like the buying process. Um, it's just that it, it seems to be falling apart at the seams at the moment. Yeah, um, I think I give myself a plug. Well, I did um, Watchdog last year, and I remember all the people on there who had had problems. And when there was um, was a problem found that didn't couldn't be explained, it seemed to be that they ended up going round and round in circles. Um, and not really getting any answers to their problems. But I mean, this is one of the, looking at the Facebook page, a lot of car dealers are sharing this story and saying, this is the reason you should go to a local garage where you can trust people and not buy cars online. So I don't, they're definitely not doing any favors for the image of buying online. Like you said, they, they really have built, they've built a proper brand there. It's almost like they've built a brand without actually knowing then how to run the business. Do you know what I mean? So they've spent all this money and everyone knows about them. They've made such a big splash, but then they've forgotten that they've actually then got to deliver. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's the bit that's kind of eluded them. But I still think, I think if someone did get hold of it, who knew what they were doing, think at the right price, I think it would probably be a bargain. Mm, but yes. um, you've got to get someone in there who really does know what they're doing. And they've got to, not to say start again, but they've got to uh, probably, probably reprocess the whole thing, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the irony, isn't it? I mean, the whole business is is founded by somebody who is not from the motor trade, who doesn't like the motor trade and has been very vocal in what he doesn't like about the motor trade. And yet, in actual fact, I think where the business is currently, if you did get somebody in from a dealer group, you know, a PLC um, who, who came in and sorted out Kazoo, I think they could do a far better job. So... Um, I think that's that's the irony at the at this present moment in time. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about Kazoo this time next week because we <laughs> always do. Patch, um, what story be your next? Right, I'd like to talk about cars for a moment. A little bit more uh, interesting topic. I think it's about Ferrari. And their results came out this week. Um, well, today, we reported on it today, actually. Bosses at Ferrari have hailed a remarkable year in 2022. Um, Record-breaking results for them. Um, overall, the company saw its turnover rise by 19% to £4.6 pa billion, pounds even, which allowed for a bumper net profit of £840 million. Pounds. Um I mean, Ferrari aren't alone in this, are they? I mean, in recent weeks, we have um, reported on Bentley. They had a record-breaking year last year, and 2021 was another record-breaking year for them. And Rolls-Royce, too, they had a record-breaking year last year. And it just it just seems as though, um, uh, you know, the super luxury brands, the exotic brands, were all, they've all had a very good year last year. And and when you when you look at Ferrari in particular, it just seems as though you know, making money for them is just so effortless. Um, you know, quite a few years ago, this was a car company that was selling not that many cars. Um, they were sort of ticking over, really. But now they are really kicking the ball out of the park. They're clearly doing something right. They've got a great range of cars, you know, V8s, V12s, hybrids. Of course, they've got the new SUV. I think I, I'm going to test my pronunciation here, but the Puro Sanger, I think that's how you say it, oh, which God. is sold out for the next two years. So there does seem to be plenty of money swilling around at the moment. Um, and I'm sure, Will, you've seen that. I know not in the new car sector, but 
um, there does seem to be plenty of, of people who are wishing to splash the cash a little bit, isn't there? Yeah, there is. I think um, I think just since COVID, people now just kind of they, if they want something, there's less thought behind it. They just work more happy to spend the money on it. They kind of think to themselves, "Oh, why wait? Or what's around the corner?" Or just people just seem a lot more impulsive, which I think is a good thing. Just forgetting the fact of what we do, you know, people just enjoy themselves a bit more. But yeah, I think overall people are spending the money. Whether that's going to carry on this year as much. I don't know. I'm always a little bit um, pessimistic, but I'm always, you know, in my mind preparing for what could be. And I do think, you know, as you saw yesterday with interest rates going up again, there's just things that are kind of on the horizon that you think might slow things up. But at the moment, we haven't really seen it. But I imagine with people like Ferrari and Bentley and Rolls-Royce, majority of that ex extra profit has got to be because they're not discounting any of their cars, are they? Whereas you think pre-COVID, you could get, 25 30 grand off a bentley brand new easily mm -hmm. whereas now you walk in and it's the price is the price yeah you yeah. add that up over all the cars they've sold you know that you're talking about a huge amount of money so imagine that's a lot of it and i think they're quite enjoying these waiting lists because it's like anything in life you want what you can't have mm. mm. yeah yeah so yeah so that caught that 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 was the story that caught my eye um I was just, uh, you know, you sort of expect it from Rolls-Royce and Bentley, but I wasn't expecting it from Ferrari. But when you look at their product range at the moment, you know, they seem to be getting it right. And there's plenty of people who are willing to pay exorbitant amounts of money to sit on the waiting list for two years, which um, amazes me, always amazes me. So Yeah. Well, when you've got to have like a couple of Ferraris to even get on the waiting well, list. Well, exactly. Yes. Which yeah. just makes people want, like you say, it makes people want them more, doesn't it? It makes you go and buy more Ferraris. What a horrible place to be in. You want to be part <laughs> of the club, don't you? So. Yeah. yeah, definitely. We'll be right back. You want the best return from your advertising budget, and Cargurus Pissing Heads are focused on the same goal. With them, you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites. Connect with in-market, high-quality buyers today and turbocharge your digital forecourt. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and tell them we sent you. Now, let's get back to the quiz. Okay, my next story. Far more boring. It's about EVs. Um, oh. This is the news uh, from the, it was SMMT um, came out this week saying the car industry is warning that they're not going to hit this 2024 EV target from the government if they don't give them some more information. Um, I guess this is a, a story we hear again and again that the government don't seem to come out fast enough with what's going to happen. Never really sure if they actually know. Um, but at the moment, manufacturers aren't really sure what they're, what they're supposed to do, how many EVs they're going to have to sell. Um, and I think, well, I mean, this is me speculating completely, but I sort of get the impression that the um, the temperature has changed when it comes to people's um, appetite for EVs, and that's maybe made manufacturers a little bit worried. What do you two think about that? Shall I hop in first? Um, yeah, go for it. I uh, I just feel as though um, this this news has come on you know come on the back of recently the the headlines about the collapse of British Vault. Um, which of course is this big gigafactory, this promised gigafactory of building car batteries for cars built in the UK, 
and and abroad. Of course, we don't just need one gigafactory, we need three or four gigafactories. And it just does seem as though the, the rhetoric from the government a few years ago was, you know, we're going to make the UK a leader in electric cars. We're going to have, uh, you know, it, charging a car is not going to be a problem. There's going to be all this infrastructure to support the, the building of electric cars and charging electric cars. And I know, I know COVID, we've had COVID and that has been a huge distraction, but it does seem as though the government really is dragging their feet uh, with supporting the industry. You know, they forced the industry to go down this, this line. Of course, the UK is not the only government to do this, but they forced the industry to go down this line and they don't seem to be willing to support them. Um, and uh, unless things start to dramatically uh, improve in the next year or so I do I, I do feel inclined to agree with the industry here that there is going to be an enormous problem we are we are building up for an enormous problem uh, in the next couple of years so um, yeah I wasn't surprised to read that headline put it that way. Mm. Well are you selling any EVs or I know you mentioned the hybrids before Will but do EVs float people's boats? No, do you know what? But we fortunately, I never really went into the EV market. Um, we bought one mini uh, electric just to sort of give it a try, and uh, we've still got it. So, um, fortunately, we, we didn't really go into it. But, um, I've never really, I couldn't really tell you because, like I said, I, I never really went into it. I couldn't tell you if it's good or bad news. Obviously, everything I'm reading about is it's, it's not good news, but, um, I still think for most people, still, they just like the idea of filling their car up and knowing they've got 500 miles and if they're doing a long journey, they can do the same at the other end. You know, I think it's going to take a long time to get people off that mindset mm. because, you know, when you do go in an electric car, or I've been in one, as soon as you put your heating on or your electric seat or your radio, you do watch the range start to drop off. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I agree with James. I, I think there's going to be some, some problems, but, um, also, I don't know what you think, but I can the the uh, the date they've given of when it was the twenty thirty or twenty thirty five, you know, to stop making these cars. I can't see at the minute how we're ever going to meet that target. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think every week it becomes a little bit more. I don't know. I get the impression that manufacturers aren't as keen. Keen's the wrong word, isn't it? But. It did feel like they made all these announcements. I mean, that must have been 2021 when we were, it seemed like every week we were, maybe not 20, maybe last year as well, but every week we were reporting another manufacturer was saying they were going to stop uh, making petrol and diesel cars from X date. Um, but again, it feels like things have cooled. And I think, I do think you're right, Batch, that a lot of it is coming from infrastructure because they can't sell cars that people can't use. It's just not there yet at all. It really isn't. Mm. But uh, yeah, and you know, we all saw those headlines over Christmas of of people queuing at charging points. Of course, you know, we three know, and our listeners know, you know, we're reasonable people. That that's exceptional circumstances. People were making a journey all at the same time, and it's not like that all the time. But it does highlight the problem, which is when people need to make a journey people can't rely on the infrastructure. And mm. those kinds of headlines just feed into this really quite negative narrative around EVs at the moment. 
Um, and it does affect consumer confidence. Um, and people, uh, if you've got a choice between an electric car or, you know, a, a, you know, a fuel efficient petrol at the moment, I, I, I don't blame people going the petrol route, really, because the 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 advantages to going electric are, are relatively few and far between at the moment, really. Um, they are um, suitable for, for only for certain kinds of people. So, um, yeah, unless things start to change dramatically soon, which is more charging points, more infrastructure, um, and the government putting its money where its mouth is, uh, we are heading towards really quite depressing times i think really so sorry to, sorry to bring the mood down but it is <laughs> it's it's not it's not great it really isn't no i mean i'm looking at a diesel which people will know is very off brand for me but i just can't see what else makes sense really do a lot of miles no well i had i had precise sorry to go down this rabbit hole but i had precisely i had a dilemma this week i had to do uh, a 200 mile journey um, I've got a I had an MG5 on test, which can do 250 miles, but in the winter, you, you it's it was going to be very close. And uh, I also had a diesel car on test as well. And part of me was like, right, I'll take the electric car and I'll test out the the infrastructure. But then I, I realised I'd have to have added an extra three hours onto my journey that day. And I was pretty tight for time that day anyway. So, of course, I took the easy option, which was to take the two litre diesel. And uh, you know, six hundred miles in a tank, you know, it's 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 too appealing to to ignore, isn't it? So that's the thing. I think exactly that everyone just wants convenience, and that's what it offers you. Yeah. So. Yes. Um, there we are. Then, well, we've rubbished electric cars again this week. What else can we do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can move on to Motorpoint. Okay. Um, so yeah, this was the story this week. Um, I think bouncing off Euro's story, I want to say last Friday, I'm not sure if it was covered on the podcast, um, where Motorpoint talked about um, their sort of predictions. They were, I think you said, quite bullish um, with their value. And then this week, uh, Mike Allen from Zeus Capital came out and said that he thinks they're probably a little bit overvalued because of those, come back around to it, electric car values. Um, I thought it was quite interesting because, well, I was just sort of surprised that someone came out and said, actually, I think this is a little bit over the top when you compare it to other franchise businesses. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this because it's a little bit. A little I don't bit think I saw this, this story. What was this to do with their evaluation of the business? You said. Yeah, um, I'm going to try and pull the figures up because I cannot remember them off the top of my head. Um, but they, because they had a lot of electric cars in stock and the values have gone down, um, which I know has been a problem for a lot of people. Um, I think, well, I think a lot of sensible people have sort of just got shot at them. But I think some people have, well, it sounds like I'm being very critical and I know what I'm talking about, which I don't. Um, but I think it's caused a lot of problems for a lot of people. Hmm. I bet the problem is it's not even over yet because... You've got to sell them still, and you know, yeah, the lot of people earlier. And he, uh, Darren, to Darren, he mm. said, um, he still thinks they're going to fall further, doesn't he? Yeah, so this um, if you're still uh, holding them, then obviously the pain is over yet, yeah, exactly. Um, 
the from the story we've got Zeus Capital um, has reduced its profit before profit before tax forecast for the dealership by <laughs> down from seven point one million to four hundred thousand pounds, um, which is quite a considerable drop. Um, Mike said, we see strong competition and headwinds to profitability and cash generation for the foreseeable future, plus supply challenges in nearly new vehicles. I think Motorpoint continues to be relatively overvalued against quoted UK franchise motor retailers, which is just very different from things we've said um, about Motorpoint in the past. And I know things change, but um, yeah, we've always sung the praises of Motorpoint. So that's why I thought it was quite interesting. Well, they did have... Um... They have had a good 2022, haven't they? For, for off the top of my head, it did seem to be a pretty good figure. But of course, when you actually bury down into the numbers, I can see why Zeus Capital have come up with that prediction, really. Um, so that's definitely going to be one to watch, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, have you got anything um, well, I was struck by the fact that it was actually my go just then, but you came straight in with that motor point story. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Well, you did actually. I, I didn't notice that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's okay. But you, but you've you've stolen one of my stories anyway, which was which was um, kazoo. But uh, oh. but anyway, um, I'll go in with a story that you actually wrote, Becca. Um, sorry, I, when I say actually wrote, I didn't mean that's a surprise that you've actually done some work. <laughs> I just said I'll go with the story that you've written. Um, but it's about it's about Google search listings so us car dealerships they're now able to add stock directly into google search listings the cars for sale widget is available to any car dealer in the us and anything with a vin number can be added um now this is this has been a sort of a story or a kind of a headline that's been bubbling for quite some time hasn't it um i know that we reported last year that um the ads similar to to the google shopping ads had been rolled out in the US and and Google in the past have said that this will roll out to the UK um, at some point. Um, but the thing that I find surprising about this is why it hasn't happened before, because it just to me, it just seems the most obvious thing, doesn't it? I mean, Google is so, the power of Google, as we know. I mean, you know, I don't, don't need to explain the the the, the appeal of, of Google to uh, to our listeners. But, you know, they do everything, don't they? And they do everything pretty well so i'm surprised that I, our adverts haven't been plugged in before i think it comes down to two things you can tell i've been talking about this already um i don't think customers shop in the way that this would work because i don't because the way that it works in the us is that you have to go to the dealer website and then you look at the stock and i just don't think consumers shop that way and you don't go on oh, i'm gonna go to Autosportiva, I wonder what they've got in stock that I might like to buy. I mean, maybe you do if you're really local and you're looking for something in that sort of area. But I think the general person buying something middle of the road isn't thinking, oh, I wonder if this dealership X is selling something that I might like. I just don't think that's the way people shop. And I also think that Auto Trader must be one of their biggest PPC customers. Yeah, very good point, actually. And yeah. Carwell, all those kind of people spend an absolute fortune trying to get people to their website, and it would sort of cut out the middleman. Mm. So I don't know. I guess if they could take a bit of that pie from Auto Trader, then it might um, 
counteract that if they could charge those dealers for those listings. But um, I think it would shoot themselves in the foot a little bit to start with. That is my mm. wild guess. Is it, do you say this is coming to England or already here? Well, it's supposed to be coming to the UK later this year. Well, that was that was 2022. It was supposed to be coming later this year. And we've yet to see it. See it. Right. And, well, I mean, the one we did a story in 2021 about this coming to the US as well. And it's obviously only just rolled out in the US. I think they did. They basically seem to do an announcement at NADA every year saying or around NADA saying we're doing this in the US. And it seems to take quite a long time to actually appear. Does anyone know how it's done in the US? Well, I mean, I was trying to find them and they are few and far between, but I think it's they have to actually say they want to use it. Um, and I don't know how many dealers bothered. It's probably... <laughs> well, also, I, I suppose the other thing is if you are a car dealer, you've, you've constantly got um, advertising companies, their sales executives contacting you saying, look, do you want to do this? Do you want, do you want to upgrade mm -hmm. your package? You know, why, why don't you switch from this provider to another provider? Perhaps for some car dealers, it's like, oh, God, it's yet another thing to think about. It's a yet mm. another product to be sold into. Um, mm. So perhaps that's an element of it as well. When you just know. mentioned it, I just thought exactly what you just said, James, to be honest with you. I just yeah. thought, oh, God, like, because we pretty much only do Auto Trader. I've looked at all the other ones <clears throat> available. We've done various things to try and see where we get our leads from. This is what we've built up over years. And we have pretty much just worked out that everything comes from Auto Trader. Yeah. Anything of any usable value, you know, a proper lead that actually you can go somewhere with. So we, we literally cut everyone else out and then we just do some SEO work on um, on Google as well. That's it. All the old ones of the motors.co.uk and the um, car gurus and piss and heads and all them, we don't use any of them. Mm. No, yeah. So I think, yeah, it's interesting you say that because I think that's possibly an element of it. But of course... You know, if people come to the come to the car dealer live on March the 9th at the British Motor Museum, we've got Google as one of our headline speakers and we can possibly put the question to them there. Sure. And, um, so there we are. Nice little plug there. Do get yes. your tickets. Cardealerlive.co.uk. Is, is that the website? Not yes, sure. Website. Well done, but... I should know. Um, do you want to go again? I've got one story left. I'm really hoping you don't. Um, right. Um, have I got one more story? I do it's um yeah it's so it's it's sort of a story to, to round things off for me really it's i don't know this story just sort of made my heart smile made my heart it's smile that doesn't that's 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 not that's not a uh phrase is it but it's the um <laughs> it's the nissan dealership that reunited a customer with their beloved car now i think it's pretty fair to say the idea of owning a peppermint coloured Vauxhall Viva um, absolutely horrifies me. And uh, I've driven many a Viva and they are pretty awful cars to drive. But yet this lady um, absolutely loved her Viva. She called it Bug due to uh, the registration BU66. Um, she bought the car brand new from Bristol Street Motors Vauxhall in 2016. Um, but uh, due to financial constraints, she had to sell the car and part exchange it for a Corsa recently. But she never forgot her beloved Viva and has spent the past three years, three years, ladies and gentlemen, um, checking all sorts of websites to try and find her beloved bug again. Uh, um, but then Bristol Street Motors Nissan dealership in uh, 
well, it doesn't matter where it is. They found they found the car and they reunited her with her beloved Vauxhall Viva. Um, just a just a bit of a heartwarming story. I just thought there. I just thought I don't know, Will, whether you've ever reunited a customer with their car. I'm probably not, but it's the kind of thing that um, is a, just a nice story, isn't it? It's a nice story. I can't think we've ever had them in stock. Um, but... <laughs> You've never had a Vauxhall Viva in stock? I don't, not this week, no. Oh, right. This week. Um, but, um, no, we've had some funny requests probably, but I can't imagine we've ever reunited someone with a car. I mean, cars are just on that level for all exactly the same. So if, you've, if you've had one, you could just go and buy another one. Sounds any difference of that, was she like the number plate? Uh, I know. I don't. I think possibly it was the colour, because it is sort of like a 1970s bathroom suite colour. Well, she could get it wrapped like my S class. You could it? get it wrapped, yeah. Well, you're gonna have a bit of wrap going free soon, aren't you? Perhaps we could, uh, yeah, you can live yeah. with electric blue. Then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love this story, but I'm really sentimental about cars, so I just well, I am, I am, and I know people have different affinity with cars. You know, I've for heaven's sake, I've got a 20 year old MG Rover in my garage, which most people would hate, and I love, but I mean, come on, a Vauxhall Viva, I just I don't know how you can have an affinity or a love affair with that kind of car, but I'm just being nasty, I know. Oh, well, I mean, I don't really understand it either, but... <laughs> it's in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? So It yeah, is, definitely. as my girlfriend constantly tells me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was my final story as well. So, Will, do you think we missed anything, firstly? Um... There has been so much this week that I <laughs> couldn't believe. I know the only one I thought you did miss, and I don't know if that is this week or not. Um, I watched that article you did on Motorway. Yes, that was this week. Was that this week? Yeah. Obviously about them turning into a uh, a big business and stuff. And obviously I watched it. They obviously it looks like they've got pretty big ideas and plans for it, um, which I think. I don't know what you guys think, but is that going to become a, a talk about getting rid of um, fleet stuff on there and, you know, and all sorts, really? So is that going to become an issue, do you think, for, for the auction sites, like, like the BCAs and Mannheims? And... I don't know, but I just, well, I mean, you you must bid on it, as you said. So it just seems like a really seamless process and really I mean, they've already got 1,200 so... cars a day sometimes on it. Wow. Um, and it's only growing and growing. So, you know, I think um, it is a seamless process. The only the only caveat we find with it is, so let's just say we bid to buy a car and we meet the reserve, and sometimes we go well into the reserve. We probably, I would say, have got about an 80% chance of actually physically owning that car because we find, say, two out of 10, either they just don't accept the bid so you have to have a thing to say, yes, you've won it, but now you wait for the customer's details because they have to accept your bid the other end. Okay. And I would say 20% of the time, they never actually accept that bid. Maybe they've got a better bid from somewhere else or a friend or something. So all they're doing is putting on motorway to see if they can get even more, which is fair mm -hmm. enough. But then obviously, so we just can't rely on it as a genuine, we buy a car on BTA, we know in a week's time that lorry's going to turn up with all those cars on it. But with motorway, we just can't rely on that process. Mm. But I guess we're talking about the like fleet and lease stuff. I don't know how that would work if because they don't have a physical site at the moment, do they? And then you add in that complexity of like where are these cars going to come from? 
you can go look at them if you wanted to who's going to check them all over would it work in the same way or has that just become a different beast uh, I, I know what you're saying i just think from what i gathered from the um that little short video they've obviously got quite big ideas for it yeah they seem very hungry to grow they want to all they want to do is gain volume don't they so if they want massive volume then that's pretty where they're going to get it Mm, it's true it's just interesting where that fits in as well around we buy any car and all of them isn't it as well because they're all kind of jousting for the same part of the pie Mm. yeah i'd definitely rather take my car to the motorway i think than we buy any car oh yeah it would come to my house and take it away yeah Mm. 100 i think if you want more money as well um motorway is is definitely a better option Mm. So, who do you think had the best stories then, Will? Um, well, I would like <laughs> to say you, Beth. The only issue is, is that you only did four. Mm. Yeah, because I had the Vauxhall Beaver bug as well. Mm. You did. However, yeah. I'm going to go with you, Becca, because... Oh, God, this is like The Apprentice, yeah. where Alan Sugar go, he goes from one person to the other, doesn't he? And then he eventually oh, goes listen, back I wanted to, to tease you there. I wanted to keep, you know, a little bit <laughs> on the edge of their seat. I could go back the other way still, so don't shout me head. I've had enough of you talking. Just be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> People can't um, see, but Will sort of does have an Alan Sugar chair as well. He so. does, he does, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. swinging in it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because you didn't let me down, Becca, with a kazoo story, I'm gonna go with you. Thank you. It means a lot. But it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a, a week, would it, if no one had mentioned it. I know. But um other than that, very good. And James's uh impression of trying to say the Ferrari Persang, whatever it is as well, was was worth that story <laughs> as well. So, I don't know how you say it either, but yeah. it's just quite amusing. Well, thank you very much. Um it's been uh, it's been great. Oh, I'm going to deal with Batch for the rest of the day now. <laughs> can be moody now. <laughs> yeah. Very close, very close. Okay. Thank you so much, Will. It's been really great talking to you. Um, no, thank you for having me on. Lovely. I hope you have a good weekend. Thank you, Batch, for joining us. Sorry, you weren't quite good enough this week, but thank you very much. Join us thank once you. again. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you all for listening. If you want to find out more about any of the stories we've mentioned today, you can click the links in the show notes below, or you can head over to cardealermagazine.co.uk and scroll down to the podcast section. We will be back again next week, so don't forget to hit subscribe. But until then, goodbye.